Hey everybody, it's David Plough. Welcome to Campaign HQ. Well, what a night and what a week as we continue to count votes from Arizona, Nevada, California, Colorado. But uh, I thought I'd just do a quick recap of uh, of the election. Um, hope you enjoyed the episodes that went by state by state with some of the managers and some of the leading journalists. Um, a good reminder as we look at the election results that... Uh, you know, every state, every district has some nuances. So the, the results, as positive as they were for Democrats, were not uniform. Places like Michigan, clearly uh, such a success story and, and outperformed every expectation up and down the ballot. And then there's some places, obviously, Florida continues to get redder and redder. And we'll have to figure out as a party what we do there to make that competitive again. Um, places in New York. Uh, the Asian American vote in particular, if the exit sort of be believed, uh, shows some erosion there. And, and that could ultimately decide the House, uh, those New York uh, districts where four or five of those seats are probably going to go uh, Republican. So I'll just start by saying, um, you know, maybe for the rest of time, we should not uh, we should not uh, hold on to history uh, as our guide. I think that, uh, you know, what we're seeing is just a change in, I think, uh, the way our politics operates. Turnout this year is not going to be uh, as high as it was in 2018, which is historic, but pretty strong turnout, uh, particularly amongst young people. So, again, the view is that young people wouldn't turn out in midterm elections. I think that's been two years in a row, uh, 18 and, and 22 disproved. And they are the main reason, by the way, that our democracy is on sounder footing today, uh, is the turnout uh, of young people all across the country. But also, the most fascinating statistic, I think, is there was so much attention on Joe Biden's approval rating. Because, you know, if you look at past elections, Obama, um, certainly Trump, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Reagan, uh, you know, they all had really tough uh, first midterm elections and their approval rating was, you know, challenged. But what you see is uh, in this election, those voters that somewhat disapproved of Joe Biden's uh, job performance. So to put it that way, there's people who just almost all Republicans, who are just fiercely negative, strongly disapprove of Biden. But those that disapprove of him but feel a little less strongly about it, they voted Democratic. So what that tells you is that whether it was abortion, uh, democracy, the Republicans not really having a plan on the economy uh, or on health care, a, a suite of issues, uh, those voters, uh, you know, looked at the election, I think, in a very sophisticated, nuanced way, which is, yeah, don't don't love where the economy is. I don't love the job Joe Biden's doing, but there's bigger issues at play here. Uh, and I think that um, that's one of the reasons that people are so surprised on Election Day uh, was there was just a view that, A, the Republicans had momentum in some polls. Now, you know, I said on this program, I think what we saw was the Republicans did have a pretty good October because they had such a terrible, you know, late summer. <laughs> so so a lot of Republican voters came home. It wasn't like voters were really switching their vote preference. And I think there was a view because the polls had under uh, stated Republican strength in, in 20 uh, and in 16 and even in some states in 18 um, that it had to be worse than we were seeing. The bottom would fall out. Well, the bottom didn't fall out. Uh, what's what's fascinating is clearly some of the undecided vote, a, a good chunk of it broke Democratic, which, again, generally the out party, the incumbent party uh, has undecided break against them. That did not happen this time. Uh, and we did what we needed to do on turnout. Um, so I think any election, though, when and this is unqualifiedly a good election for the Democratic Party. And we should all of those that work so hard should take a moment to celebrate that. Congratulate yourselves and your family and your friends because uh, you did the heroic work that is required 
to sustain and nourish our democracy. But you also have to look in the mirror and say, where can we do better next time uh, with a presidential campaign looming? And, you know, the Republicans did not get the gain with the Hispanic vote outside of Florida they hoped to get. But, you know, if the exit polls are still to, are to be believed, you know, they're around 40 percent. And as a Democrat, I'd certainly like to see that number drift back into the, the mid to low 30s. So what can we do there? The Asian-American vote, I think, in some places did not perform as, as well as we would like. Turnout, I think, was what we needed it to be in a lot of places. But you can always improve on that. Uh, and I think to win a presidential election uh, in the Electoral College where we have a disadvantage um, because of the Electoral College, you know, obviously, it was a popular vote. I think we'd all feel great about 24, even this far out. But it's not. So you're going to need massive turnout in, in Milwaukee and in Madison and Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh uh, and in Ann Arbor uh, and in um, Atlanta. And so, you know, we've got to max that out next time. And I think there's going to have to be a lot of good work. And, and that work needs to begin now. And so many of you do work, I think, year-round work, which is so important. But we have so much money in politics today on both sides. Uh, but I think so much gets spent in the last two or three months of the election. Uh, and while that's important, I'd love to see more resources spent earlier uh, and consistently. So we're doing voter registration. Uh, we're actually delivering message and doing storytelling, not just around the election, but not not be totally reliant on the media. Like, let's tell our story about who we're benefiting and why the values behind that. Uh, year round. Uh, they have Fox News. They have Breitbart. They have Sinclair stations. They're pumping out a message with some consistency every day. Uh, and that's just something, uh, you know, on the left, uh, we do not have. So I think there's areas that we can definitely improve uh, on this great performance. Um, I'll talk a little bit about what I think's you know, going to happen in Washington, um, putting back on my old insider hat for a minute. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the House. There's still a chance Democrats hold on to their House majority, which would be a breathtakingly amazing surprise. But if the Republicans do win, it's going to be narrow. And, and, and the margin will probably be anywhere from, I guess it could be one, maybe up to 10. Doesn't seem like it's going to be bigger than that. And that's going to be an absolute nightmare for Kevin McCarthy. If, in fact, he's the speaker, we'll see if he can get elected because you have, uh, you know, several just out of control members. Uh, and it's probably a group of 20 or 30 that, given the day, also might be out of control. So I think it's going to be really, really hard for that Republican House majority to function at all. With the one thing we know they'll do is they'll do investigations, which is not what voters are looking for. You know, they're looking for people to focus on their paycheck and their bottom line and their health care, their civil rights. And so I think what you basically are going to see is a Republican majority that's at war with each other in the House. Uh, that's probably going to be at war with Senate Republicans or many of them um, and is going to be focused on things that voters don't not think is a priority. So it's going to be an epic shit show. Um, uh, now, while as fun as that will be to watch, I am concerned about things like the debt ceiling. So if, if the debt ceiling does not get taken care of in the lame duck, which I hope that it does, maybe get rid of it forever because it's a ridiculous thing. But, you know, is this House Republican majority, narrow as it is, going to actually compromise and and pass uh the debt ceiling i have big questions about that and the government shutting down is one thing shouldn't do it maybe that'll happen but if you actually default uh and in in this economy which is already so precarious you know it could cause a great depression and so i think we we have to be concerned as citizens and as americans about their ability to function now the senate we still don't know what's going to happen there as we talk Catherine cortez masto has narrowed Adam Laxalt's lead in Nevada, uh, but she still has not overtaken him. But from John Ralston to Dave Wasserman to experts on the ground in Nevada, 
Um, there's a lot of people who think that the trajectory of that race favors Cortez Masters. So if that's the case, we would then have the Senate majority. Maybe we'll have it uh, known by this weekend. And the Georgia runoff then becomes uh, a fight for the 55th, 51st seat, not for majority. Um, but in either scenario, this Georgia race is absolutely critical. Uh, and, you know, my sense is that Democrats have more voters uh, to bring to the party than Republicans do. Uh, and so I think in, in a very focused race where particularly if it's for control, it's for all the stakes. We saw the turnout that that produced in Georgia just two years ago. Um, I like Raphael Warnock's chances here, um, but it's going to require everyone who's listening to this podcast and, and millions more uh, to give what money they can, to give what time they can, uh, because it's going to be a really, really close election. But so I think, you know, a big difference, obviously, between uh, Senate control for the Democrats and Senate control for Republicans from judicial appointments uh, on down. Um, but I think you're going to see Washington, you know, really be a mess. I don't think there's any uh, way to avoid that. I think you're going to have a Democratic president who's trying to do things to help the country. The Republicans in the House almost uniformly will oppose that. Uh, more than that, they're going to be focused on, you know, investigating Hunter Biden and uh, Tony Fauci and all this stuff that voters, uh, you know, across the board, other than the hardcore MAGA base, is just not interested in. So I think it's going to be um, a lot of fireworks in Washington, I guess, but not much done. And that takes us to the presidential race, which is already beginning. We'll see what happens in terms of Donald Trump. He seemed to indicate he was going to announce next week that he's running. I'm sure every Republican from uh, even Herschel Walker, my guess, is probably telling Trump, delay it. Do not announce you're running for president because then that becomes a very unhelpful background for that Georgia special election where Trump is, you know, I think his approval rating in this election amongst voters was 37 percent. Not much better than that in Georgia. He could definitely be a drag. Uh, Ron DeSantis clearly has strengthened his hand uh, in terms of the presidential race. Now, I'm not sure DeSantis has what it takes to run away in a presidential race. He, he kind of uh, doesn't have a great personality, definitely does not pass the want to have a beer with test. Seems like he's got a pretty brittle chin, which, you know, you just can't have uh, if you're going to going to run for president, particularly against a bully like Trump. But he's got a story to tell uh, electorally that I think will be super captivating to Republican audiences. Now, not all of this is true, but the story he will try and tell is, listen, it was a bad election for Republicans across the country, in part because of Donald Trump. If you want to be president, uh, somebody like Don De Ron DeSantis has to have the guts to say that, which is, hey, Trump went in and helped nominate a bunch of Republicans who lost a bunch of Senate races. And Trump's unpopular. Now, DeSantis and other Republicans can pat him on the back and say it's unfair. It's because the media is too tough on him, blah, 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 blah. But they'll be able to say the reality is Donald Trump is an anchor on us. He weighs us down. But look at what I was able to do. I was able to win Florida, you know, by almost 20 points. Um, you know, it used to be the classic battleground state including in his own race in 18, which is so close against Gillum. But I've turned it around. You know, my COVID policies, my economic policies, I've got strength with uh, Latino and, and Hispanic voters. I do really well in the suburbs. So I can do uh, in the rest of the country for the Republican Party what I did in Florida. And I think that is going to be super um, persuasive for a lot of people. Now, I think the reality of him on the campaign trail is going to be less uh, persuasive and less impressive. But the story he has to tell, I think is going to be very powerful. So I assume, uh, I don't know when DeSantis gets in. I assume we're talking next year. But, um, you know, I think you're going to see a, a pretty significant Republican field, whether Trump's in or not. 
Um, and and on our side, on the Democratic side, obviously, Joe Biden has a decision to make. And it's really a decision that he and Joe Biden want to make. And I think it's a personal decision. I don't think it's going to be about can he win again? What what would his second term agenda be? All that's important. But I think it's going to just be a personal decision, which is does he want to spend the next four years of his life um, doing this job, which is all consuming? And, you know, there's very few people in the world closer to their family than Joe Biden. And I'm sure that, you know, that weighs on him. So, um, you know, my assumption is he's going to run. Uh, I think the White House is is doing what they need to get ready uh, for for a campaign. Uh, and if he runs, maybe he'll have nominal primary opposition, but I, I think it will be nuisance uh, at best. And so he would be the Democratic nominee. If he doesn't run, then I think just like on the Republican side, I think you're going to see a huge field. And obviously, the vice president uh, is, is the person that uh, uh, would enter if she decided to run in that scenario with a um, you know, she'd be a strong favorite, but I think a bunch of people are going to get in um, uh, and, you know, some familiar names, but also we're reminded in this election, there's a lot of talent out there. Maybe people that we hadn't thought of as presidential material may decide to, to, to kick the tires on it. Even some people who lost this time, you know, whether that's a Val Demings or a Tim Ryan or, or Stacey Abrams, um, you know, you may see some of those folks decide, uh, to run. You certainly, I assume the Mark Kelly's of the world and maybe even, um, Raphael Warnock's of the world will at least, you know, kick the tires on it. And so um, I think we'll have a big field. And I think that's good. I mean, I think if Joe Biden doesn't run, uh, we then have a, a massive audition for who our leader is going to be. And I think that we don't even know yet what the calendar is. That will be decided in early December. We'll know what the first four states are, what their order is, which ones they are. And that that may affect some candidates thinking, obviously, because you have to navigate those first four states to have any chance of, of winning the nomination. Uh, we also don't know if the Republican calendar is going to mirror the Democratic calendar. That has been the case for the most part uh, in modern times. And, and we may have both parties with a different ordering, which will definitely be uh, new and different. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast so i'm still trying to sort through what happened i'm sure all of you are uh, we do have exit polls they're directionally useful but what really tells us what happened is when actually uh in the next few months um, you know, experts go in and look at all the actual voting results. You know, 
down to the neighborhood, down to the zip code level, and get a sense of, of what happened from a turnout perspective. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think, um, particularly if we hold on to the Senate, um, you know, if you had told any of us uh, a month out, I think you hold the Senate, um, you either hold the House or the Republican margin is super small. Uh, you win governor's races in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania. And that's so important for the presidential race, obviously, because I think we now don't have to worry about governors in those states uh, trying to overturn the will of the voters. We're still worried about that in, in Arizona, although it looks like the Democrats going to win the secretary of state's race. And I think we need to be concerned about it in Nevada. Um, and that's a reason, by the way, I think over the next few weeks, uh, hopefully Washington uh, will pass the Electoral Count Act. Um, Senator McConnell has has, I think expressed great desire to do that enough republicans want to do that that certainly will not solve all of our problems with our democracy to be clear but it's an important step in terms of uh, making sure the next presidential election uh, is safeguarded so you know i've often thought that if we are democracy on january 21st 2025 we probably will remain a democracy um and i think you know very much an open question i think we took a a big big step to protecting our democracy in this election I think it, it drove some voter behavior. Um, a lot of the election deniers did not win. Plenty did. I'll also point out that I may be missing something, but I don't think there's a single Republican I saw who lost a race um, who, uh, you know, didn't acknowledge the outcome. And so maybe, you know, in a way, the worst is passed. Although, you know, Donald Trump is talking about corruption in Nevada today. Uh, Carrie Lake is talking about uh, voting issues in Arizona, even though she's behind. <laughs> so uh, it's fascinating to watch their inconsistency. So in Nevada, yeah, Democrats are going to gain vote. In Arizona, Republicans are gaining vote. Lauren Boebert in, Cal in Colorado, uh, you know, was down significantly on election night, but she's now taken a narrow lead. So it's just ridiculous uh, to see their inconsistency. Um, but I think at the end of the day, um, I think we took a strong step forward in terms of the question of whether we are going to remain a democracy. We're not out of the woods yet at all, um, but I think we should all be heartened by that. So, uh, you know, it's also interesting, you know, politics has the capacity to surprise. We live in a world with so much data, um, you know, whether that's weather, uh, you know, a lot more data in politics these days, a lot more science and data in sports, but you can still be surprised in politics and in sports. That's why you have to play the game. And I think voters, um, you know, had something to say. And enough of them wanted to protect our democracy. Enough of them were upset about the Dobbs decision uh, and the assault on women's uh, rights and, and women's health care. Uh, enough of them, uh, I think, were concerned that the Republican Party was uh, clearly going off the deep end and didn't want to reward that. Now, you look at Brian Kemp or Mike DeWine. There's places. These are deeply conservative Republican governors, um, but they did not go along with Trump's big lie. And, you know, Trump assaulted them he you know tried to beat kemp in the primary but i think what you see is candidates like that get rewarded now can someone like that win the republican primary i have my doubts i still think the the republican primary winners gonna have to be from crazy town but if a republican were to win uh the nomination of their party and seem like even though they're deeply conservative on a set of issues you know support the rule of law and say the person who gets the most votes should win that could be a dangerous republican in general election because i think there are a lot of voters that want to reward a republican or republicans who are sane who may be deeply conservative of them on a bunch of issues but 
seem like they're going to break the fever. Uh, and so I think that that's something that bears watching, because I think in the Republican primary, clearly if Trump runs, he's going to occupy the craziest lane. But there'll be others who do that as well. Um, but there may be some people who who run now, you know, Governor Larry Hogan from Maryland's talking about running. I don't know. I doubt Mitt Romney will run again, but people in that lane, Glenn Youngkin, perhaps, who are conservative, but, you know, I think would come across to voters in a general election as more suitable, as more um, aligned with our democracy. I think it's very hard for someone like that to get to a Republican primary and they'll get, you know, blasted by, you know, Tucker Carlson every night, which is still a powerful effect. But that bears watching, which is do lanes begin to open up for Republicans who are not conspiracy theorists. Uh, and by the way, the country needs that to happen. That's very important for our country that the conspiracy theory driven Republican Party begins to recede in power. By the way, that probably means for a while Republicans will win a lot of elections <laughs> because, again, I think voters will reward uh, people like that. Um, but but we all need to be rooting for that. From a presidential standpoint, last thing I'll talk about is the Electoral College. Uh, what you see is clearly in a presidential campaign, we should be able to mount successful campaigns in Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin. Uh, good outcomes in all those states. Wisconsin, obviously, incredibly close in the Senate race. And, and I think, you know, we fell just a little bit short. But Tony Evers won. Uh, we had some good results at the local level. Michigan was obviously an unqualified success. Gretchen Whitmer leading just a route there. And in Pennsylvania, Fetterman obviously is going to end up winning by a few points, which is a healthy uh, win in Pennsylvania. Trust me, uh, Shapiro by much larger. So that matters because you win those three states, you're on the, the doorstep of the presidency. Um, and then, you know, I think Florida is not going to be a battleground state in 24 in all likelihood. Ohio will not be a core battleground state. I will not be a core battleground state. I hope that changes over time and, and very well may. Um, so Georgia, Arizona, Nevada become critically important. Um, and I think what we saw is Georgia will probably be close in 24, just as it was close this time. Uh, and Arizona will be close. But I think Democrats have the ability to put together a winning coalition. Nevada is the one state I really concern about of those core six battleground states. Um, I think it's been trending a little bit against the Democratic Party. Uh, and so that's going to be an all hands on deck effort to, to make sure we can put together uh, the kind of campaign there, uh, you know, that gets 50 percent of the vote. So we get those six electoral votes. But there's lots of scenarios, you know, when you when you do the uh, the map exercise where Nevada could be essential uh, if you don't win some of those other states. So I think that's going to be the battleground. Those six states are going to be the core battleground. Virginia, I think, in all likelihood, should be a blue state. You'll have to campaign there. North Carolina is another state, depending on who the candidates are potentially could get into core battleground state status. Joe Biden lost it narrowly, uh, as did Barack Obama back in 12 after we had won it in eight. So I'd love to see North Carolina become part of that conversation. But I think for now, it's those six states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona, that will determine the presidential race. Um, and, you know, I like our chances, um, but, you know, we're playing with no margin for error uh, to get to 270. So um, I hope you enjoyed the episodes. I, I really did looking back at some of the conversations we had with some of the campaign managers. So much of what they said came to pass, win or lose, uh, in terms of how they assessed uh, the electorate and their strategy. And, and I think the political reporters we talked to were spot on in terms of identifying the key races uh, and the trends. Um, but I think we should all go into this weekend really, really happy <laughs> because democracy is on sounder footing. A lot of great you know, Democratic governors are in place. 
And, and who a governor is in a state is enormously important in terms of the quality of life in that state. Uh, we have a very good chance to hold on to the Senate. Uh, the House is up for grabs, but if the Republicans do uh, pull it out, which seems more likely than not, they're going to have a super narrow majority. Uh, and so I think that it is an outcome, uh, obviously, that wouldn't have happened without all of you working so hard, donating your money, donating your time, sharing content on social media, doing what you needed to do. Um, but it was a remarkable outcome. Uh, and I think that uh, part of what we saw here is, you know, the Republicans live in their bubble. It's a Fox News bubble. They're never going to lose elections. You know, the left is evil. And the reality of the American electorate is much more complex than that. And, you know, I think they understood that this was an election about big things. Yes, the economy is important. Yes, inflation is important. Yes, healthcare is important. But I think so many voters say, hey, we, we now have a Supreme Court that's outlawed abortion in a lot of states, allowed that to happen. And a bunch of, you know, Republican candidates were running on banning abortion in their state and almost all of them lost these abortion referendums all across the country, uh, you know, to, 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 to ban abortion or to protect it. Uh, you know, the right side of that question one, uh, you know, I think a lot of voters understood our democracy is at stake uh, and we're not um, eager <laughs> to, uh, to to see our democracy wither anymore. So, you know, it was an election about big things. I think voters got that, it, even though the campaign in many respects seemed small, the ads that were running and the commentary, you know, didn't seem to capture the moment. But voters, I think, understood the moment and they responded uh, in kind. So, um Thanks for tuning in these last, uh, you know, eight or nine weeks. I hope you enjoyed uh, going deep into the states. And I'm sure you're all, uh, you know, firing up your computers and your 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 smartphones and your iPads uh, frequently to check on the votes as they as they come in. And hopefully you have a little bit better sense of these states and 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 their dynamics. Uh, you look at Nevada where, you know, it's all down to Washoe and Clark County. So if you're going to follow American politics, you've got to get smart about places like that uh, and understanding the trends. So I'm sure we'll be back at some point uh, in the 24 cycle uh, with some campaign professionals going deep into the weeds. Um, but with that, over and out. And congratulations to all of you on helping bring forward such a great, impressive election result. 